From the Oxano Podcast Network, welcome to My Ministry Breakthrough, hosted by me, Brian Rose. This podcast is all about pastors sharing unfiltered stories of moments large and small, of times when the fog of ministry chaos clears and breakthrough clarity happens. They opened up their home to the first small group uh, um, possibility, and so we started a, a group out there. And the first night we had about 27. Uh, by the how big is the town the, again? 123. I mean, okay, so, uh, yeah. that's a pretty good percentage. Yeah. So uh, yeah, absolutely. And then by the by the third time we met, we had almost 40 counting kids, and you know, in their home, we had we had well over you know eight or nine couples. Uh, and their and their children in a, in in the small group. Wow. And so, um, you know, you know, you run the math on forty out of one hundred twenty, and and it's it's pretty interesting that you could reach literally a third of the the community, and and just because people are hungry. I mean, they're hungry and they're they, they want to be a part of something. And I've said from the very beginning that small town West Texas, in particular, I mean, I probably everywhere they they know what it is to live in community you know we don't have to teach that we don't have to give them a burden for that or a passion for that they know what it is to live in community they just don't know what it is to live in christ-centered community it's great to have you back for another episode of my ministry breakthrough and right up front i have to tell you this is one of my favorite stories mainly because of the conviction i feel in every conversation I have with my guest, Chris Driver. Chris pastors Fifth Street Baptist Church in Leveland, Texas. Yeah, don't bother looking that up unless you have a real detailed map of far west Texas. You see, Fifth Street has started five churches out there. Pastor Chris calls them disciple-making communities, but they've done it in the last year and a half. And that's five churches in 18 months. Also, Fifth Street runs about 80 in worship each week. So you see what I mean about the conviction part? Because it feels like we live in a bigger is better time when it comes to evaluating church effectiveness. But I'm starting to believe that thinking smaller is thinking smarter when it comes to real church growth and disciple making. I also love this episode because God worked on Chris, as he has often done in my life, through the sport of football to prompt this big vision for small places. So lean in and listen up to my ministry breakthrough with Chris Driver, senior pastor of Fifth Street Baptist Church in Leveland, Texas. Tell me, where is Leveland, Texas? Leveland, Texas is uh, the South Plains, uh, just below the Panhandle. It's uh, about 30 miles or so west of uh, Lubbock, the big city of Lubbock, Texas. 30 miles west of Lubbock. Yes. That sounds like some pretty level land out there. It is. It is. I've always joked that that uh, definitely describes the scenery. So it's... uh, uh, Nobody made a mistake in naming that place, huh? No, they, they got real creative with naming all of them out here. You know, we've got level land, brownfield, we've got plain view, uh, we've got uh, sweet water. Um, you know, wait, wait, what's, 
what does the water taste like in sweet water? Is it is it sweet? Is it sugary? You know, I don't know that I've ever stopped long enough to to drink it there. You know, but I, w- I would have to try that. I mean, if yeah. it's like brown field and the fields are brown, <laughs> level land, sweet hey, water. They didn't, they didn't lie about anything else, but sweet water is the home of the uh, the the rattlesnake roundup. So you can go out there and you know uh, eat some rattlesnake and watch them. Uh, milk them for their venom and uh, it comes around about uh, in the spring sometimes so you can go out there and do that and try the water while you're at it so yeah I'm thinking uh, I'll skip the uh, <laughs> rattlesnake roundup yeah so you're in your office at fifth street baptist church tell us about the church a little bit uh fifth street fifth street baptist it's uh 90 it'll be 97 years old here in november um it's the uh, probably third oldest church in Hockley County. It is the oldest uh, church in what is now Leveland, which was originally Hockley City. And uh, it's, uh, um, you know, we are a BMA, Baptist Missionary Association of America. Um, we run about 85 on a given Sunday. You know, if we get everybody here at the same time, we might run 150, but uh, um but uh, it is uh, pretty traditional um, in, in most of its, you know, you walk in the front door, you're going to see red carpet and, uh, you know, front to back and some wood paneling and glue laminated uh, beams up above. Uh, yeah, no, no, we don't even have beams, man. It's just, uh, just, just, just a flat ceiling. Yeah, just All a right. flat ceiling. So. That's great. Hey, uh, if you could point to one defining day in the last few years of ministry at Level Land, what would it be? Uh, I don't know about uh, ministry in Level Land, but uh, in my ministry and where God has taken us um, for Fifth Street, there's really three days I can point to. Um, um, I guess really in the life of the church, you could say uh, two years ago, um, pastor that had been here before me, mentor to me, Roy Prather had left and uh, went back home to East Texas and uh, they had called uh, uh, me to, to come and, and maybe uh, make myself available, but uh, we we had said no several times. My my wife and I we had pretty set on being missionaries to Ecuador, and um, you know really felt God had called us out of the the last church we were at, and you know we were preparing in the last stages of that. And um, my aunt had passed away, and we came home, or I did. I came home to do the funeral, and. Um, I sat here, um, looked out at the congregation full of people that had known me and loved me my whole life. And I, uh, I was just really overwhelmed with their lostness, um, really good people. And I, I always say that they were lost in their goodness, um, just really good, good people, uh, but just didn't know Christ. Um, um, and so, uh, I mean, I was really burdened at that moment. I call it my Nehemiah moment. It was a moment when I knew that God was, uh, had had uh, unsettled us from our last church to bring us home. Um, that uh, um, he was really waiting for me to to say yes to wherever he would lead, and then ultimately, I, I know that he was calling me home um, to come home and help rebuild what was broken here, um, not just Fifth Street, but uh, but really in a grander uh, scheme, really West Texas. Um, because I say there's three moments. That was really the first big one. I called my wife on the way home and said. 
um, you know, it's eight hour drive and I, I wept most of the late way home just over, over what I'd seen and what over God, God had uh, laid on my heart and um, told her, I said, we're not going to Ecuador. We're going to West Texas. <laughs> so, so you guys uh, were, you guys had already said, yes, God will follow you wherever yes. you, wherever you want us to go. In your mind, you were thinking it was Ecuador. Yes. You'd had yes. these offers. And, and so you grew up there in, in, in around level land. Yes. You went home for a funeral and God shifted that yes from being yes to wherever, especially Ecuador, the mission field, to yes, I want you to come back home to West Texas and and, and make an impact there. Is that, is that got it? That's it, man. That's it. I mean, exactly. Um, I had wanted to come home for a long time, you know, and, and really I, I had, we'd had several offers. And to be honest with you, if it hadn't been for a, a wife that, uh, uh, in many regards, you know, uh, and so often listens to the Lord uh, more than I do, honestly, because I was so homesick. I really wanted to come home several yeah. times over the last six years and, um, you know, being in East Texas. And, and um, um, but so many times, you know, my wife was like, no, that's not it. You know, we, I haven't heard from God on that. And so, um, you know, I, I had to pull the, pull the reins back. And so I, I realize now that what God was asking for us was, uh, will you go where I want you to go, not where you want to go? And and all along, I know his plan was for us to come home. It was just now I know that God brought me home because he wanted me home, not because I was homesick or because I wanted to come home. I know that God has brought us here because we were willing to sell everything and go um, to South America. And uh, it was just not his plan. He just wanted me to to say yes to wherever he would send us. And turns out, uh, you know, uh, he brought us home. and. Um, so important to have that confidence to know that you're not going out of your own motivation. Uh, you know, and I think God uses that, right? God uses our own motivation. God uses our emotions, those things, but ultimately we must be conformed to his will. Absolutely. And I think that's been a big part of this, this journey that we've been on too, is I think, you know, because it has been such a hard journey and one that has called us to a level of faith that I've never really been held to before um, in following this, this, big vision that God has given for us to reach West Texas, um, that I would have doubted it. I mean, you know, I, you know, if it hadn't been for the fact that I knew that I'm called home to do this, um, and, and it wasn't just me that had come here, I don't know that we would have made it this far. Um, Mm -hmm. just because, um, in those moments of doubt and when it requires faith, I, I can look at this and go, I'm here because I know that God has called me here, not because, I just thought this up on my own. And so it's been a, it's been a big, big part of the journey for sure. Uh, realizing that, uh, um, God has called us here and, uh, even though it is home and it's where, where I wanted to be all along, it's just, uh, um, God has managed to, uh, to do a big thing, you know, like you say, through my, through my own desires, my own passions, but, uh, but his way in his time. That's great. That's great. So that's defining day. Number one, what's defining day. Number two. Um, about a year ago, well, really two years ago, my son playing uh, football, um, six man football. Okay. So um, what's six man football? Gotta unpack uh, six, out of it. six man football is the greatest, uh, version of football on the planet. Um, it is played with six guys on each side instead of 11 and, uh, it is fast paced. Uh, speed is uh, the key more than size and strength. Um, it's uh, it's a blast. I mean, you can. Why have, is it? Why is it so different? I mean, why is speed more than strength in this? Because of the numbers, just simply because okay. there's so much wide open field. Um, you're talking same about, size field. 
No, it's uh, it's eighty yards long instead of instead of a hundred, um, okay. and it is uh, end zone to end zone. It is uh, a little bit more narrow, but not much. Um, so the ball it, moves around a lot. It does. It does. It's uh, it is very fast paced. Lots of scoring. I mean, we just had a team we're going to play this week uh, lost last week, eighty six to sixty. What? Uh, and so um, you know, it's not uncommon to see a hundred point game uh, put up. So wow. why why do they play six man football there? Uh, just because the towns are so small and uh, you can't field eleven um, man team. There's a lot of these towns that uh, right now we've hit a. a a good spot in our, our, uh, our town of Whitharrow. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, we've got, I guess, 15 kids out, boys out. Uh, but that's, that's a, that's a pretty big, we can actually run a JV team with that. And, uh, which is when I was in school, it wasn't uh, unheard of to run eight, you know, we'd have eight guys. And so, um, you know, if you want to play and we, we love football, you know what, you know, football in Texas is king, man. So, yeah. Uh, you know, if you want to run it, you know, you got to figure out a way to do it. It started out as eight man and then dropped down even further to six man. And so, um, it's its own thing. You know, I, I, I love six man football because it's not just, uh, just a game for us. It's, it's really who we are. It's, uh, what do you it's mean a by culture. That? By it's a culture. It's a small town life versus, um, even where, you know, level land, which is about 13,000 people. It's so much different than, uh, Whitharrow, which is um, 150, if you're lucky. I mean, I so, think so. In the town, you're saying there's 150 people in the whole town. In the whole town, yeah, yeah. There's and so the reason you guys play six man football is just you don't have that many kids. No, we don't. We just don't. You just don't have that many kids. And uh, but it's a different game altogether, right? It is. It is. Um, it's and a completely different game. How many of these little towns dot the landscape? I mean, it sounds like Leveland um, is the big town where the Walmart is, right? Yes. Is there, is there yeah. Walmart, <laughs> we, we definitely have a Walmart. We have okay. A Walmart, is there yeah. just one? Yeah, there's just one. It is. It's 24 hour too, so that's good. Wow. Okay. So that's yes. probably that's 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 probably pretty significant. There is there a Sonic. There is a Sonic. There is a Sonic. We got. And I know Donald's. from Texas, you got to have Dairy Queen. Yeah, definitely got a Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen's there. So give me a, give me a picture. Of how many of these little small? Would you would say six man football towns dot the landscape there? Um, there's a lot of, I mean, as far as, I mean, hundreds, I mean, really literally um, in West Texas over, you know, over hundred, I would say um, reaching from the panhandle down to, you know, Midland area. I mean, there are some, certainly East Texas has some uh, all over Texas has uh, six man football, but, uh, but there's a big congregation out here in particular, just because of geography and because of, uh, of really the industry. Uh, the industry out here is primarily um, farming, uh, cotton farming in particular. And so um, the way everything is set up, uh, it's, you know, you've got uh, Lubbock, which is the main hub city, and it's actually called the hub city. And from there, we spiral out to uh, medium-sized towns like Level Land, which is 13, 10 to 13,000 people. Um, and then from that point, you, you kind of spoke out to um, – you know, these smaller farming communities, you know, that have been there for, for generation after generation that are there. Um, you know, some of them had, you know, cotton gins at one time and, and uh, a lot of them don't, a lot of that is consolidated and gone away. So a lot of these towns, really what they have now is, is a school that's still going and, um, and just a, a bunch of really good loving people who, uh, you know, really need the Lord now. 
so that so you've got these small towns. Your Fifth Street Baptist Church is in Level Land, which is mm-hmm. kind of that that sub hub city. That's right. Right. And then you you actually live in Whit Harrell, which is just up the road from Level Land. Six man football town. How was that a part of your defining day number two? Um, it lies, buddy, that uh, one of those little towns, uh, we're, we're out there playing six-man football, and uh, we drive into the town, and and there's two old dilapidated churches there in town, and um, which is not uncommon to see in, in these towns. At one point, the church was probably the center of community, like most places, but uh, um but right now there was, there was nothing. I sit there in the, I can still remember sitting in the stands looking across and there was probably a hundred people, 150 people in the stands. And uh, just almost audibly, you know, hearing God, God say to me, who's going to reach them. Um, Meaning who's you know, going to reach these small towns. Exactly. Exactly. You know, not just, not just last buddy, but who's going to reach them. And, and I understood it clearly because Whitherill had been on my heart, you know, how are we going to, you know, going to see that town change. But then as we drove from town to town, it was the same scenario. Um, you know, towns that, uh, had once, you know, had a, had a living thriving church, you know, where the gospel was, was being preached and now, um, really nothing in a lot of ways, you know, just, uh, existing. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, it was another burden, uh, for my heart. And then, uh, so what was the breakthrough moment in there for you? Um, the breakthrough moment really came, um, the next year in 2017 at Exponential and, um, sitting in there and had, uh, so Exponential Conference, Orlando, Florida, 2017, you're sitting there at First Baptist Orlando. I think we did the math on this one time, Chris, too, right? (laughs) That auditorium can hold what, a hundred times the number of people you guys average on a Sunday? I would say probably at least that. that. Yeah, Yeah. I would say at least that. And uh, so, yeah, we, uh, sitting there, um, I had bounced around from from breakout to breakout and ended up in the Oxano there with you and Will and, uh, you know, doing the uh, Horizon Storyline tool from uh, from God Dreams. And uh, I was sitting there and, and just everything just, kind of took shape in that moment as a, you know, the God had already purposed on my heart, what the, what the horizon looked like that, that, you know, God had called me to, to reach West Texas, the small town, West Texas. Um, but he began to put some, some clarity to it through that. And, and, uh, he challenged my heart with a vision of a hundred by a hundred. And, um, and so that's where it kind of, uh, that, that defining moment, not only for, I think for me, for my ministry, but also for, for Fifth Street um, in the sense that uh, the 100 by 100 comes from reaching 100 small towns uh, with a disciple-making mission point by our 100th anniversary, which will now be um, in three years. And Wow. So, so you're sitting there and, and kind of we can see these defining moments, which we'll now call a breakthrough moment, uh, line up together. One was the call, that the yes to God, I'll go anywhere. And you thought Ecuador and God was saying, well, I want you back home. Yeah. And then the second breakthrough moment was sitting there watching football in this small town uh, of 150 or so people and realizing, man, there's, there's not a church here yeah. that's vibrant and full of life and the gospel sharing with these people. Six-man football towns. Then the third was sitting in this gigantic 
uh, worship center at First Orlando at the Exponential Conference and hearing kind of the pattern, the structure through the horizon storyline that this vision could take shape. A 100 by 100, 100 churches, or what did you call them? Disciple? Disciple making mission points. Uh, okay, what do you mean by that? Unpack that. Just church. I mean, it just sounds like, sounds like you're saying we're going to have house churches. Effectively. I, I mean, when we go into these small towns, what we're discovering is that, you know, we've got to redefine a couple of things. You know, what does church look like in, in some of these towns? I mean, you know, obviously you're not going to get, you know, an 8,000, 8, you know, person you know, mega church in a town of 150 people. So obviously it's going to look a little bit different. Obviously success is going to look a little bit different. Um, you know, give us a couple of stories. Give us, give us, what was the first, what was the first disciple making mission point? Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you know, the first church, I mean, if you want to call it that, I mean, it's, yeah. is, is Whit Harrell. We started with uh, one of the, the couples in, in uh, Fifth Street uh, live in Whit Harrell and they decided, you know what, we, we bought the vision. We want to, we want to reach Whit Harrell. Oh, so, let's, let's, let's pause there. So yeah. you came back from Exponential because mm-hmm. it sounds like there was a vision casting moment. If there's a couple yeah. that jumped in there, you brought back a vision casting moment to reach 100 churches in these small six-man football towns by the church's 100th anniversary. Yeah. Did everybody just laugh? What, I mean, what happened when you said that? How did you say that? And what was the response? Well, to be honest with you, God had already had already laid the foundation. When I when I first got here, I knew it was discipleship. God had taken us on a on a, um, a journey for the last six years of ministry. You know, just really towards authentic discipleship, and and so that was that was a big part of me and big part of my teaching. And so we had we had already you know been preaching for a year on discipleship. You know, just really what this looks like and owning it personally. And, and, uh, and so we had just finished up, um, a series, a sower series, which is what I called it, you know, over, um, you know, the parable of the sower and, and, uh, in doing that, I, you know, I said, well, you know, here you go. Here's what, uh, what I believe God has laid on our heart for, for this church to do. And, uh, and it's got to go beyond just, um, this church, go beyond just this community, go beyond just level land. But, you know, bigger, you know, out into West Texas. And, uh, and like I say, you know, God had already laid the foundation because to be honest with you, Fifth Street is made up of right now. I mean, especially after I came, we have, we have couples and families from, uh, from several surrounding communities. It's not just level and people. So a big makeup of our, 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 uh, community as far as Fifth Street goes is, is already small town, um, people. So they, they already understood that. So, so it was a natural, uh, natural moment for them to go, wow. Okay. So it's not, not against the rules for me to reach sundown or whiteface or Woodherald. Um, you know, that, that this is something that God would want to do for, uh, you know, through fish street and through me. And so it's, So, so on a Sunday morning, you said, Hey guys, let me, let me tell you what God's been up to. Mm hmm. And, and, and a couple just raised their hand and said, okay, we're in. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, they're great friends of ours. Um, you know, I grew up with them in, in Whitherall and, and so, uh, we had already talked and, and so they said, we, we want to be a part of it. And so they, they opened up their home to the first small group, uh, um, possibility. And so we started a, a group out there and the first night we had about 27, uh, by the, how big is the town the, again? 
123. I mean, okay. so, uh, yeah. that's a pretty good percentage. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And then by the, by the third time we met, we had almost 40 counting kids and, you know, in their home, we had, we had well over, you know, eight or nine couples, uh, and their, and their children in a, in, in the small group. Wow. And so, um, you know, you know, you run the math on 40 out of 120 and, and it's, it's pretty interesting that you could reach literally a third of the, the community. And, and just because people are hungry, I mean, they're hungry and they're, they, they want to be a part of something. And I've said from the very beginning that small town West Texas in particular, I mean, I probably everywhere, they, they know what it is to live in community. You know, we don't have to teach that. We don't have to give them a burden for that or a passion for that. They know what it is to live in community. They just don't know what it is to live in Christ centered community. And so, oh, well, let's, let's not, let's not run over that. Uh, that's that's a great great idea and understanding. In small towns, the people already understand community. Absolutely, they're just missing Christ-centered community. Absolutely, and and by that I mean you know you read in the Book of Acts and they've got this community where people love each other, support each other. You know, they're I mean whatever they have and you know a need that you know the people just meet it. It's right. You know, what I mean, yeah. so it's. Um, that's what it is to live in a small town. You want to go into six man. That's why I say it's not just, you know, six man is not just, you know, a game to us. It's, it's who we are. That's, that's what it, it defines us is this sense of community. And we share that sense of community, even though we might be rivals, we know what it is to be small. And we, we take pride in that. And we love that. We love that, that we're family, that we're not just, um, you know, just living in the same town, you know, that, that we're part of one another's lives. And so when something happens, we, we jump right in there. You don't have to be asked. So, you know, some the tree falls on somebody's house, you know, they're there to, you know, whole towns there, tractors, right? absolutely tractors and pulling it off and fixing the house and fixing the roof and, you know, feeding the family and, you know, people get sick. It's just, it's what we strive for so many times in churches trying to get people to live and buy into this idea that you're part of one another's lives. You don't have to teach that. It's already there. You just have to say, okay, well, wait a minute. There's a purpose for this. You know, besides just being a social activist, you know, that we can actually, you know, there's a kingdom purpose, you know, behind, you know, this community or can be. And so that's what we're we're trying to show them is that that there's there's actually another level, a deeper level that they can go. And that is with Christ. And what do you think the large church pastor in a large city can learn from that? What What's the takeaway from from where you sit, from your chair? I mean, if, if, you, if you're, you've been in the bigger cities, you've been in the bigger churches, what's, what's the takeaway? What's the one thing to remember? If I'm a staff member listening to this right now, how, what can I gain from that? Um, I think that we were created for a relationship. You know, I mean, um, even those people, I think that, that, you know, it's easy to get lost in, in big. Um, but I think that, that if you can still do small well, and I think that God delights in things that are small. I think he delights in using small things and uh, in big ways. And so um, I think that if you, you have to stay focused on the individuals and and help them build relationships and don't let them um, escape um, because I think they're, they're, they were created for community. And, and, um, and so, so, However, that works. And like I say, I've, I've never been in a big church. I've always <laughs> pastored yeah. small churches and been in small churches and small towns. And so I love small, but, uh, but I also know that, you know, my first feeling in walking into something that's bigger is I would be lost in this. And, but I don't think that has to be the way it, it, it is. I think it's so important though, to, to help people realize 
that what they're really after when they come to these things is is a sense of community. And so if you, you can still do small well, even if you are are large. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, no, that that totally makes sense. And I can see where where um just that reminder that amid our programs and all the other things we've got going on, the person to person connection is vital. Yeah. Uh, that there is that longing in every person to know and to be known. And it just doesn't mean just have small groups or or have Sunday school class. It really means how do we let people invest in the lives of one another? How do we really lean in together there? So Whit Harrell takes off first, first kind of thing happens. What's next? What happens after that? Oh man, it's been a, it's been a ride, man. Um, What do you mean? I mean, uh, we, uh, God just keeps, Bring it, bring in guys. I mean, we've, my first, you know, working through the horizon storyline, you know, uh, really the first goal was to, to get fish street ready for this vision. So um, that's on your foreground horizon. There? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. The, 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 really the, the first year, honestly, right. was just to spend it, um, you know, developing a, a, a culture of multiplication within History, okay. you know, because I, I mean, to, to really embrace the idea that that we were born for this, we were born to to um, you know to to reproduce and and um, you know not just sit and and uh, and soak or sit and wait for for Jesus to come, but that you know, hey, we we're meant and and that we've been here a hundred years. Uh, I told them one of the things that I told them was we we have a lot of history, but we don't have a lot of legacy. And oh, you know that we that have a lot of history. Whoa, you're dropping bombs here. <laughs> we have a lot of history. We don't have a lot of legacy. Well, I mean, in a hundred years, I mean, you've you've existed for nearly a hundred years. So there's a lot of history. A lot of people that have come and gone. A lot of pastors. A lot of things that we could celebrate. But but really, not anything outside of ourselves. In the sense mm. that. Um, you know, we've, we've not reproduced another church. We've not, um, you know, done anything that, that would ultimately, what I would say is, is that would pass on what, what God has done in the last 90 years. And God has done great things in Fifth Street Baptist Church. Don't get me wrong. And, and, you know, uh, many people have been saved and, and lives changed and, you know, but, but I, I think that, you know, if we close the door today, then, um, I don't think it would take very long for people to to forget that fish trade even even existed, mm-hmm. other than you know the uh, historical marker that sits out out in front of the building. But, right. Um, but so, I, what happened I, when you said that? What happened when you presented that to the people? Um, you know, I, I just put numbers to it, honestly, and people people embraced it. I mean, I'm not going to say that people ran off and just boy, we're like, hey, let's you know, you know let's go all gun home. But I mean, change is hard. Change is is sometimes it's violent and it, it moves us from where we are and it's difficult. And, and so, um, you know, we're still working through some of that, but, but at the same time, they've not said no, which for a hundred year old church is a big deal. I mean, it really yeah. is a big, it's a big win for us in the sense that they've, they've not said no to the things that we've, we wanted to do and try and reaching and, and, you know, they've released me on Sunday nights uh, from, from preaching and teaching on Sunday nights here um, to go and be a part of these smaller groups and and to to lead them and to help them grow and I mean that alone is a is a huge victory and 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 for this church in particular I think that in in small churches uh, because you 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 know your pastor has to be the one that teaches and right I mean so I, someone else teaches on Sunday nights and you're yeah. out 
at one of these other disciple making mission points. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a big deal. And so, so when, when we shared that, you know, I just shared with them, I said, you know, we're probably never, never going to reach a thousand people in level end, you know, for some reason, churches don't get that big here. Um, uh, but I said, just think about it. If we reached a hundred, if we reached 10 people in a hundred towns over the next four years, then in, in four years, we could say that, that Fifth Street Baptist Church is, is God is using Fifth Street Baptist Church to reach a thousand people every Sunday. Um, and so when you do the math like that, I mean, you know, it's, it's so, it makes so much sense that, that, you know, by multiplication, it works so much better than just addition. And, uh, and so they've, they've really, really bought it, you know, and, and, you know, embraced it. And like I say, we're still working through, you know, some of the old things that, you know, um, what's been the biggest change? What's been the biggest change you guys have seen internally? Uh, internally, I guess, I guess it is that, I I mean, honestly, just releasing me from some of the things that, that they would normally expect from a pastor. Um, and like I say, it's, it's not been easy. Um, but, uh, but it's afforded me the opportunity to, um, to kind of see some of these, these, uh, smaller towns grow and, and more men come. And we've, we've actually partnered in planning our first church last year, um, you know, God brought a little, um, I'll say a little, he's a big old farmer, um, from, uh, loop Texas, a town of, I think it's even maybe even smaller than Whit Harold, but, uh, you know, right at a hundred people and, and literally in the middle of nowhere, uh, who had started a, a Bible study in the school with his daughter and her friends and had, you know, come to the place where they had, you know, their parents begging for a Bible study and he'd started and he, he was overwhelmed and what do I do? And somebody said, you need to talk to Chris. And so he came over and talked and he shared and I laughed and just because I'm like, you know, he, he just didn't know, he felt so alone and like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I said, here, let me share my vision with you. And so it was just, uh, it was awesome. And so now uh, the Journey Fellowship exists in in Loop, Texas, and uh, they have a now a a Facebook uh, little uh, ministry going on where they're reaching people in Colorado and New Mexico, and wow, you know, just from from Loop, Texas, just a farmer who who just wanted to reach his his, his community with Christ, and that's what we're seeing. And and since then, you know, we've seen you know guys from Tahoka come. God's connected me with a guy from Tahoka just recently. A, a guy from Laz Buddy. And I, you know, one of these questions on here that you sent was, you know, what's something you're looking most forward to or what's been the greatest victory in this. And that for me, uh, more than anything, because that was the birthplace of this vision that uh, just about a month ago, um, you know, God answered his question. You know, he had asked me, they're sitting in those stands, who's going to reach these people? And, and um Last month, I believe I met the man that's going to be the answer to wow. that question from two years ago. Um, his name's Ryan, and he's a young man. Just He said, man, I, I texted him. He said, I was just praying that God would just give me some sort of direction in how to reach this town. And so uh, it's it's uh, it's been awesome, man. I mean, that to me meant as much as anything that's happened so far, to be honest with you, because like I say, that was where God birthed the vision. And now, you know, just to have, have an answer to that question. He asked me then it's, it's pretty, have a face and a name and it's uh, it's pretty cool. man. It's, so it's all cool. over those West Texas plains now in these small towns, 
you guys, God's making connections in these yeah. little communities. Is it, is it something you're having to go do or you're just having to, to, to be responsive and listen? I mean, give- yeah, not right now, man. I mean, honestly, I, you know, like I say, the first year was just supposed to be, um, getting fifth street ready, but, yeah. uh, but, uh, we have, uh, you know, we've, we've already had to work on, on leadership development. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, God answered a recent prayer, um, for somebody to, to kind of partner with it, me in this vision and uh, brought a church planner that's planning a church in Tohoka, Texas, just south of, of Lubbock. And, um, you know, his name's Mike. And, and I tell you what, man, um, we share the vision for reaching small town West Texas and we, we share a vision for how it needs to be done. And so we've started, you know, meeting um, every week and working through, we just, you know, just this past Monday worked on, on, uh, you know, our, our uh, revising our, our horizon storyline for, you know, how we're going to work this thing out. And, and so, um, you know, it's just, uh, God's been bringing people and, and, and I, I think really just laying the foundation. Um, because I, I really believe that, that here in about, I think this next year, uh, I really believe that we're going to start seeing the thing I'm most looking forward to is probably seeing these, these smaller towns begin to reach their first town. And, and I think we're, we're almost at that point with some of these that, um, you know, we've got leadership going, we've got them being trained. We've got, um, you know, kind of a, a, almost a network set up, you know, of leadership. And, and so now I think, you know, we've, we've tried to try to present to these, these towns, um, you know, the idea of being born pregnant, you know, that, that, you know, when they, when they start, it's, they start to multiply that that's the whole purpose behind them is, is that, you know, from the very get go, you know, part of their DNA is going to be reproduction that they're going to, they're already looking for the next person in the next town that, you know, through their discipleship, personal discipleship that, that might be that person of peace and we can reach into them like towns. Like I say, multiplication works way better than addition. And so, uh, just especially in West Texas, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, just geography alone hinders a lot of things, but, um, but not relationships here. Like I say, we, we share, I mean, we, we're connected to a lot of these people we've grown up and we've known people in these other towns our whole lives. And, and so it just, it's just a natural flow, uh, I think from, uh, from this, if, if we'll take discipleship seriously, I mean, and that's going to be the key is if we'll just unpack that a little bit. Cause I think a lot of leaders take the surface would say, Oh yeah, I take discipleship seriously. Yeah. And I would be one of them, honestly. I mean, you know, yeah, it's a focus and it's a journey that God's led us on, but, but to actually, you know, hold people to it, to, to have an expectation that, that they will disciple uh, their family and their friends that, um, you know, I think that is, that's where we kind of have failed. I mean, we've got a lot of people that, that really genuinely, I think, love the Lord, but they don't really understand um, that discipleship is, is not, you know, just for, you know, spiritual elite people that every believer in Christ has been called to be a disciple. And I think a big part of that has been that nobody's ever done it with them. And so we've kind of had to, you know, even at history, just, just trying to, you know, look through this next year. One of the things that we're still working on is, is really for them to, to claim, you know, ownership of, of their own discipleship, um, I guess, call for lack of a better word, that, that, you know, they have a sphere of influence that, um, that they have been called to reach. And, and so, 
you know, just kind of calling people to that. And so within these smaller towns in particular, um, just understanding that, that our, our entire purpose for being as a, as a child of God is to, to make sure that every man, woman, and child has an opportunity to hear the gospel and respond to it. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's what we're here for. That's what they've been called to do. And, and I, just thinking about that and making that kind of our vision statement is that, you know, every man, woman, and child in Wood Harrow will hear the gospel. That's our goal. You know, you think in Dallas where there's millions of people, that seems like such an unrealistic goal, right? I mean, just that, man, how is that even possible? But you think about in a town of 123 people, man, that's, that's something that's achievable. That's something that's, that's, man, it's, it's so, I mean, it, it gives so much life to the discipleship call because it's not something that's unrealistic that man, we could actually make sure that every man, woman, and child in Whitherill, Texas hears the gospel and has a chance to respond to it. And, and it's not overwhelming, but, you know, and I think that that's, that's what gives so much passion in life to these small towns. Do you have a sense of how many of these disciple making mission points are in existence right now? Or, I mean, where, where are you guys at and seeing this? I know, uh, I know you're not looking at like exponentially a multiple, multiplying numbers of these things, but I mean, where are you guys? Uh, we, we are at, at uh, five right now, okay. uh, which is, uh, be honest with you, is, is ahead of where I would have thought. We are. So a church uh, of 80 has essentially planted five churches in the last year and a half. We have assisted. Yeah, we're, 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 we're in that process. Um, we've got five leaders who've, who've really just come to a place where they want to reach their communities for Christ. And, and right now we're pouring into those. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just, uh, it's, it's that's, more than I would have thought. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just continually blown away because you, you tend to think of, you have to be in a big church with big resources, you know, a lot of, a lot of people around to be able to, to multiply really effectively. Yet you guys are, are not, I mean, you're, you're kind of the opposite of that yet you're multiplying at a better rate than if you look, if you look statistically, look at the percentage, you guys are multiplying at a better rate than most of the other churches across the country right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't go down roads like that. I just, I just, I think smaller is easier to reproduce, honestly, to be honest with you. I mean, because they're, um, it's less complex. I think the bigger you get, the more complex you get. And, mm-hmm. and I think in, you know, so there's something to being simple. I mean, you know, we're just simple people with, you know, uh, in simple places, um, you know, really sharing a simple message, you know, that God loves people and that he died for them and that they can be saved. And, and so I think that it's, it doesn't have to be complicated. And, and I think that, that that aids us in a lot of ways is that, you know, we're not, you know, we don't have a lot of resources, but we also don't have a lot of overhead. You know, we just, uh, you know, we've got people and we got people who love other people and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, it's not real complicated. And I think it, I think it really affords us a chance to, to do bigger things because we don't have a lot of the overhead, honestly. What's, um, what's one tension moment? What's one place where you've had to really navigate um, a challenge or tension to pursue this calling, to pursue this horizon storyline? What's um, been a moment where you had to really kind of gut check sacrifice? 
There's been there's been several. I mean, um, just in a in a more traditional church. I mean, there's a lot of little things that. But one was a, a business meeting, probably the one that we've we've had to navigate. That was the scariest moment for me. Um, one of those moments where you know I'm really saying, okay, well, if, if you're not going to buy in, then I'm. I know what God's vision is for me, and so, you know, I, I, it's either either this or not. You drew a line in the sand in a business meeting. Uh, well, I didn't. I didn't have to. Okay. I, I thought okay. it was in my mind as I'm going through this. I'm thinking this is what it's going to have to be. Is you're like putting the Braveheart makeup on and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was about to get ugly, but uh, you know, a sweet sweet lady just said. You know, we'd started the one in Whit Harrell and, and, uh, man, it was so exciting and there were so many people coming and, and, um, you know, she, she just said, you know, and, and what's the purpose if, if they're not going to come here, why are we doing it? And it was one of those moments that kind of reveals, I, I think she spoke what a lot of people were kind Meaning of Meaning if they're not going to come to our church, if they're not going to come yeah. work in this building, why are we going to do it? Exactly. A very, a very building centric, very kind of location centric idea. Exactly. And, and, you know, I, I, I think it's, I think we all, you know, if we're not careful, we can, we can all get into that kind of mentality that it's all about, you know, um, this particular place or, you know, this particular event, even, even Sunday mornings, you know, that, um, if we wanted to do it on any other night, that's fine. But if they're not going to come on Sunday morning, then what's the purpose? And, um, and so, what'd you say? I, I just said, you know, uh, breathe real, real slow for a while. And then uh, I, I just said kingdom. And that's just pointed on with the kingdom. I said, you know, that, that this is a kingdom purpose and that, um, you know, we're not here to build Fifth Street. We're, you know, Fifth Street's kingdom. We're here to build God's kingdom. And, um, and she was all right for, you know, for the night. And I, I think as she said it, I think it, it just kind of caught you know, she realized as it came out of her mouth that didn't sound good. Um, but I think it voiced, I think it voiced a concern that a lot of people had and, and, and being able to just walk them through, you know, that meant that, that this is bigger than fifth street, that, that what Mm -hmm. we're doing, you know, that, that there's a bigger, uh, purpose in mind than just, you know, getting people here on Sunday morning. And I, and I, I reassured him, I said, you know, if we'll get serious about this, I promise you when you, you know, people, it'll grow. This street will grow as a part of this. Uh, and we have seen a little bit of growth, you know, and people have heard the vision and, and caught the vision and want to be a part of it. And, and so that's exciting. But, but at the same time, you know, if I told him, I said, listen, if we never grow, that's fine. You know, it's just, we've got to be committed to, um, you know, to the bigger kingdom purpose. And, and it was really a, a couple of months later um, that uh, she came back at a at a particular time, and she told me she said, "I get it. Um, I see what God is doing in these towns. You know, we 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 saw, you know, people did come. Honestly, I mean, there were some that did come from from Fish Street uh, to Fish Street, and so um, it was." Uh, she, she began to see that, that there was fruit to be had in these other towns and there was purpose beyond our own. And, and I think that's, that's been the big key for me as far as um, leading people through this has been, you know, uh, you know, God's people, you know, he refers to them as sheep and that's not because just, you know, they're stupid or anything like that, but, but because they need to be led and not be forced. You can't herd people into that. And so, I mean, I've seen pastors force their vision on people and, um, for me, even, you know, 
even though you can sometimes make them do what you want to do, um, it's not near as effective as when you allow them, allow God to change their heart and see, um, you know, for them to buy into the vision and come along. Um, yeah. And I think that's the bigger, uh, the bigger victory is, is not just getting what you want done, but um, really bringing people along with you uh, in order to, to see God do it. What are you most looking forward to in the next six months? Um, I can share that earlier. I, I think, you know, like I said, we've, we've reached the point with some of these towns. Um, I think some of them are ready to reproduce. And I, I just can't imagine, you know, to see a town reach another town, you know, and, and not be from me. I think that's the thing I'm most yeah. looking for is it not, you know, I mean, and, and not to be the source of it, even though God has brought every one of these guys, it's been a, it's been an interesting connecting point, but, but to see these people embrace uh, the idea that, that it's their call to reproduce, that it, that it doesn't rest on, you know, Chris or, or this, that, that they can call, that, that they can reach the next town. I, I think that's the thing I'm most looking forward to, I think, in this next year is to see, see that second generation. And, uh, mm. you know, and I, I think for me as a, as a, as a disciple maker, I think that's, that's when you really get excited for your disciples, not just growing themselves, but when they begin to embrace the idea that they are called to help somebody else grow, that's when you get most excited. And so, so I think as, as far as planting goes, when you see that daughter church take responsibility and and plant their church, I I really think that's going to be one of the most exciting things um, looking forward to hopefully in this next year. That's, that's cool. Uh, so just, just to be clear, those, these are all small disciple making mission points. They meet weekly. Yes. Yes. Most of them do. I mean, there's, there's a little variation. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, so it's you guys just, don't, don't control that. No, always kind of have a point person in the town that, that kind of leads that they're connected to you or one of the other leaders there at fifth street. Yes. And then, and then they're just, they're tasked with, reaching their town and, yeah. and doing that. Reaching their town. And then, like I say, I mean, our, our goal is, you know, as we've, we've looked forward to, to helping these leaders grow is um, to have some expectations for them as they, as they go forward that, you know, like you, what, what kind of expectations? Um, you know, yeah, definitely, you know, personal discipleship, all those normal things that we would want from a leader, uh, but also, uh, to lead their town to reach the next town, and I think that's 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 the big key. Like I say, I mean, we 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 reference it as being born pregnant, which is kind of a weird yeah. thought, but yeah, you said that earlier, and it's, yeah, it's, it's unsettling. But I, <laughs> I mean. yeah, but uh, but but that's the idea. Is that you know, and I think for me, it captures um, the idea that it's not something that you know, you look forward to way, way down the road that, man, it should be something that immediately they're thinking about immediately. Hey, it's not a one day kind of thing. Yeah. Someday we, we might, if we ever get to a certain place, we might decide to do that, but no, it's, it's as soon as we, you know, start meeting that we're already thinking about, man, we want to reach, you know, not just Whittier, but Anton and Amherst and, you know, all these other towns that, uh, is there any particular language or any anything you're saying specifically to those leaders to reinforce that born pregnant idea? Um, not right now. Not not. Uh, I mean, we've we've got multiplication uh, training that that we go through. That uh, yeah. Um, that that's really the 
the crux of what we're doing is just trying to give them the tools they need. Um, so as far as language in particular, no, um, just just continuing to put it for in front of them. And I, I think it comes with embracing personal discipleship for themselves with their people. Right. Because like I said earlier, that that I think the the natural flow of this is the people in those towns know people in their sphere of influence in other towns. And that's where the next mm-hmm. town is going to be reached from is, is not, it's not going to be really from the leader himself. It's going to be from one of his own people. And so to help them realize that, you know, if they're serious about discipleship, then the multiplication is going to happen. It's they're, they're going to, God's going to bring them into contact with the next town and, uh, and the next plant. And so, cause I mean, this is what God has wanted to do in West Texas. I mean, he's, He's made that not only in West Texas, listen to me, I, uh, you know, last year at Exponential, um, you gave me a chance to share this vision with the, with yeah. the folks there. Yeah, um, you, and, you and I did a breakout together about this. We kind of unpacked the Fifth Street Horizon storyline. And, and it was really funny because there are more people in that breakout session in the conference than are usually there on a Sunday. And you just kind of looked at me. You said, I, there's more people in this room than I preach to every Sunday. Yeah, no, twice. Which I thought was really cool. <laughs> that, that what was the result of that? What came out of that? Well, um, there was a, a young lady there, and and uh, her husband wasn't able to be there. He was in another session, but um, they were from uh, South Dakota, and uh, you know, I guess it's about six months later. Um, I got a call from him. I was actually praying. I was like, Lord, I just you know, I wonder about that guy. You know what happened? And, and it was within a couple of days that that he actually called me, and wow. uh, and he shared the vision that, that God had on his heart for reaching rural South Dakota um, with the gospel. And it's, it's set up exactly the same way as West wow. Texas. And, and so he's already working on, you know, planning churches. And, and so this is, this is not a Chris driver thing. This is not a history thing. This is something God has, uh, has planned to do and has wanted to do. And, and we just get to be a part of it, man. Feels like a new Testament book of Acts kind of thing. Man, it, it, it could be, bro. I, you know, I mean, I think if we if we just like I say, I don't think it's got to be complicated. I think that um, you know God delights in using you know small things to do big things with. You know, I mean, and I think he he always has. I think he's not done with that. And I think there's a lot of these towns and a lot of these people that that need that um, that affirmation that you know God hasn't forgotten them. But not only has he not forgotten them, but he's got a purpose for them and a plan for them. And, and it's going to be, like I say, multiplication is way better than, than addition. And so I think, you know, you add all these rural towns up and, and their towns uh, and the people in their towns. And I think you could have just a revival, a real true revival in America. So, man, I can't wait to see how God's going to continue to use this vision and develop it beyond that. Hey, as we wind down the podcast episode here, I always ask three questions of every guest. Question number one, what is one daily or regular habit you practice that keeps you close to the heart of God? Um, the, I guess the, the one thing um, is really get out of the office. Uh, you can't influence what you don't come in contact with. And so for me, it's getting out of the office. Um, in particular, you know, with in regard to the, the bigger vision is, is to, to visit other towns, um, okay. you know, to go not only just outside, you know, in Leveland, but also to, you know, um, to other towns. Visit. Yeah, I was going to say, what's that look like? So you just drive to another town and... Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, honestly, this time of year... Walk I get the street? Yeah, the street. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you, yeah, no, you'll get 
somebody will come out with a gun. So no, I'm not kidding. But, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, people know their town, man, and they, they, uh, they protect the town. So, so, but, uh, but no, I mean, uh, you know, I get to go um, every Friday night, um, basketball season every Tuesday and every, every Friday I get to go um, to other towns and, um, you know, that particular purpose of, of just praying for them as I, as I go in for basketball or football or track or whatever it is that, that we go into these towns and man, we get to pray for them and, and, uh, meet people. And, um, but I do take time to go to some of these towns and just, uh, just drive around and, and see what the possibility is and pray for them and, and, uh, you know, uh, meet who I can meet. There's two breakthrough things in there for me. One is you, you, you know, you can't influence people you're not in contact with. So getting out of the office, I know it's easy for pastors, for leaders to camp out in their office and, and feel like the busyness of, uh, of work in the office equates to ministry. And I think there's, we have to do some of those things, but we also can't forget that much of Jesus's ministry was along the way, right? Absolutely. Uh, most of the ministry he did was not in planned times, but in those unplanned times and those things. The second, the second breakthrough there for me really in, in hearing you say that is your kids' sports activities are really, are really taking are really kind of a vehicle for this vision. Absolutely, right? really absolutely. kind of a vehicle for your ministry there. It absolutely is, and and like I say, I mean, when we first when I when I first talked to you, um, you know, that very first there in, in 2017, and we walked up, and I was sharing this. You know, that was one of the things that that I I just will this work? You know, will 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 it work in in a small town and. Um, you know, we called it six man churches. Every email I yeah. sent you was entitled yeah. six man churches. Yeah. And so which just, kind of, which was kind of a weird kind of cultish feeling. Like there was a yeah. church with six <laughs> men only, but once we kind of got the football analogy established, yeah. uh, that became pretty clear. Yeah. I mean, hey, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, if you could go back to your first year of ministry and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Um, leave the results to God. Okay. I think that, so many times, um, you know, we we take the responsibility for what happens um, on ourselves, and and for me, it's it's I'm still learning. Honestly, I, I still take responsibility. I never take credit for for the good things that happen, but I sure take credit for the bad things. So if it doesn't work out the way that I yeah. want it to, then I oh man, I must have failed, or I must have, um, you know. I, I think the the lesson there is is just you know, be faithful with where God has planted you. Be faithful with where God has you because he has the, has you there on purpose. You know yeah. I mean? And that's, you know, if you wanted another Billy Graham or if you wanted another Francis Chan or, you know, you name the name, but if he wanted another one of those, he'd have made them. But instead he made it, he made you and he's, he's equipped you and he's, you know, purposed you and he's placed you where you are. And, and, and that's what he wants. And so um, just be the best you, you can be full of Jesus and, you know, and leave the results to him and, uh, you know, be faithful with where you're at, be faithful with what God has entrusted to you, whether it's big or whether it's small and, uh, and let God do what God wants to do. And, uh, you know, if, if you're faithful with that and it doesn't turn out the way you think it should, um, then it's the way it's supposed to be, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you just leave it to God. And, and I've had to really, you know, do that with this vision, honestly, a hundred by a hundred sounds it's irresponsible, honestly. It's not, it's, it's not a, you know, you, you know, it's, it doesn't seem possible. Um, 
and, and I've been asked, well, what if you don't get a hundred? Is it a failure if you don't get a hundred? And I'm like, did I hear God wrong? I mean, I, I've tried to back off a hundred bunch of times, but, um, but no, I, I think, you know, what we've already seen, um, if nothing else happened, um, it would be, it would be a victory. It would be, you know, just worth it all. But, uh, I don't think that's the end of it. I, I no doubt that God has got bigger things in store, but if, if we don't reach a hundred, it's not a failure. That's, that's not for me to determine. All I can do is be faithful, um, with what God has given me. And, and like I say, just leave the results to him. And that's great. That's powerful. Last question. Is there one book you consistently recommend or give as a gift? Uh, I'm not a, not a real avid voracious reader. Um, so I, I don't often recommend books because I know how that feels because I got a stack of half-read books on my, my, my table. But uh, I guess, though, the two that I, that I, I do recommend the most are uh, Real Life Discipleship, um, Jim Putman, just because I think he does a fantastic job of just really unpacking um, mm. just the simplicity of, the, of discipleship, that, that it's, it doesn't have to be this super complicated thing. But uh, um, and, and so, uh, I, I like that one. I like that for, for people just looking for a definition, a workable definition of disciple. And then the other is, is honestly, and this is not a shameless plug. I'm going to tell you it's, especially over this last year is God dreams. Um, for the simple fact that, that what, what you guys have been able to do with the horizon storyline, it, it literally has changed my ministry. Mm. Um, not only that, I, I really, my hope and prayer is that it will change the landscape, a spiritual landscape of, of West Texas. And, um, it has been the most usable workable tool. Um, I use it, I use it for my personal life, use it for, um, you know, for, for obviously for this vision, for the church, for long range, for short range, you know, I've been able to adapt it, but I mean, it's such a usable workable tool. And when we first, the first conversation we had together there on that stage um, at uh, 2017 exponential, I asked you the question, I said, listen, you know, uh, you're not coming to fifth street. So I said, you know, we can't afford to have, you know, you guys come to Fifth Street talking about, you know, Oxano coming and doing their thing, you know, but I said, we're, right. we're never going to have you. I said, so can this work in my context? And the answer that you gave and, and were truthful with is yes, absolutely yes. And so we have used it. It has been uh, just a blessing to, um, to us, to this ministry. And so, so yes, uh, I, I do recommend the book, and I do believe it will work. Even if you don't have Oxano come in <laughs> and do the training, that you can take this and and you know if you just sit down, just the clarity that it brings, just being able to put put some some steps down is just uh, it's it's really is life changing. So, um, hey man, I'm I'm gonna get out there someday soon. I mean, I all I gotta do. Is is get sniffing distance of Lubbock, and I'll be out there. I want to hear. I want to go to Whit Harrell. I want to taste the water and sweet water. I want to take a picture of the brown field. Yeah. I want to see these six man football towns that God has placed on your heart, and He's doing a great work in. And so, Chris, really? thanks for your obedience. Thanks for for chasing God in a way that uh, is is really. Uh, I know it feels for you completely normal and just like, hey, what you're supposed to be doing, but I think. In the big picture, uh, it's really remarkable to see you uh, pursue God in such a way 
and, and to see that happen. So thanks for uh, being on the My Ministry Breakthrough podcast. And I look forward to seeing more and hearing more of how God's going to use your story uh, in the lives of many, many others. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for listening to My Ministry Breakthrough from the Oxano Podcast Network. You can head over to MyMinistryBreakthrough.com to join the conversation and access our show notes, including the books or other resources mentioned in this episode. If you enjoy hearing these stories of ministry breakthrough, we would be honored if you would subscribe, rate, and even leave a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. Thanks again for listening.